0: And welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 52. And we're going to pick up in 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter 13. And we see that this is when we first get introduced to Jonathan, uh, who was Saul's son. And uh, so Saul, when when Saul became king, he was 30 years old. He ended up reigning for 42 years, which is a long run. But in verse 3, it says, Jonathan attacked the Philistine garrison that was in uh, Geba. And the Philistines heard about it. And so <clears throat> Jonathan had made an attack, and the Philistines heard about it. And, uh, and so they amassed their armies you know, against the Israelites. And then in verse 6, it says, The men of Israel saw that they were in trouble because their troops were in a difficult situation. They had hidden caves in thickets among rocks and in the holes and cisterns. And so uh, the, the Philistines had a, a massive army against the Israelites, and, uh, and so the Israelites were afraid, so they started hiding. It says in verse 7, Saul, however, was still at Gilgal, and all his troops were gripped with fear. He waited seven days for the appointed time that Samuel had set, but Samuel <clears throat> didn't come to Gilgal, and the troops were deserting him. And so, you know, Saul was waiting for Gilgal, for Samuel to come at Gilgal, and he didn't came. he did not come by the time they had set, apparently they set a time, and his troops were deserting him. And so in verse nine, it says, so Saul uh, said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. Then he offered the burnt offerings. So remember, Saul is not a priest. Only priests can make offerings to the Lord. Uh, but uh, apparently, you know, Saul was desperate Uh, because his troops were deserting, and he didn't know where Samuel was. In verse 10, just as he had finished the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. So Saul went out to greet him, and Samuel asked, what have you done? Saul answered, when I saw that the troops were deserting me, and you didn't come within the appointed days, and the Philistines were gathering at Mishmash. uh, In verse 12, I thought, the Philistines will now descend on me at Gilgal, and I haven't sought the Lord's favor, so I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. Now, to me, that sounds kind of reasonable. Samuel, you didn't show up when you said you were going to show up. My troops were deserting me. I was desperate, so I made an offering to the Lord. In verse 13, Samuel said to Saul, you have been foolish. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God gave you. Uh, it was at this time the Lord would have permanently established your established reign over Israel. So Samuel's telling them, you blew it. Because what was going to happen is you were going to be permanently made king. Verse 14, but now your reign will not endure. The Lord has found a man better, uh, has found a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not done what the Lord has commanded. And so Samuel told him, hey, you could have been permanently king, your family, your lineage, but no, the Lord has found someone better, um, a man after his own heart, because you did not obey. And so we drop down to verse or to chapter 14 and it says now a Philistine garrison took control at the pass at Mishmash what came uh, uh, excuse me that same day Saul's son Jonathan said to the attendant who was carrying his weapons come on let's cross over to the Philistine garrison on the other side However, he did not tell his father. And so Jonathan, as we're going to find out, he's kind of an impulsive dude, right? I mean, he goes, he has supreme confidence in the Lord. He's going to go. He didn't tell his father. He says, come on, there's a garrison. Let's let's cross the other side. Let's get these jokers. And so this is what Jonathan is is thinking. And so uh, in verse 6, he says, Jonathan said uh, to his attendant, who carried his weapons? Come on, let's cross over to the garrison of these uncircumcised men. Right? He's insulting them. These are just uncircumcised Philistines. We're going to go get them. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Nothing can keep the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So this is some insight into Jonathan's confidence of the Lord. He's saying nothing can keep the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. If we have one man or 100,000 men, it doesn't matter. And So this is his confidence. <clears throat> and so in verse 8 uh, it says we'll cross over to the men and then let them see us if they say wait until we reach you then we will stay where we are and not go up to them and so in other words if if uh, they're going to let the philistines see them and if they the philistines say wait <laughs> you know <laughs> we're coming for you and he says then we're going to stay verse 10 but if they say come on up then we'll go up because the Lord has handed them over to us. And so if the Philistines say, come up, you jokers, you know, then uh, from Jonathan's perspective, that is a sign that the Lord is with them. And so in verse, verse 11, they let themselves be seen by the Philistine garrison. And the Philistine said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they've been hiding. The men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer. Come on up and we'll teach you a lesson, they said. So again, this is a sign. Yep. The Lord has given me these guys because they said, come on up. And so in verse 13, Jonathan climbed up uh, using his hands and feet and his armor bearer behind him. Jonathan cut them down and his armor bearer followed and finished them off. And so apparently Jonathan you know, severely injured them and then the armor bearer came through and, and killed him. In verse 14, in that first assault, Jonathan and his armor bearer struck down about 20 men in half an acre. Wow. So they went through just knocking dudes out, right? Taking them out of the scene. And because of this, in verse 15, we see tears spread through the Philistine camp and the open fields to all the troops. And so all the Philistine army heard about this and they got terrified, right? And so confusion started to descend upon the camp. They started fighting each other. You know, it's like they were in panic mode. And uh, Saul and the other Israelites heard about this. And so they started coming out of their hiding places and started attacking the Philistines. And as they were attacking and defeating them, more Israelite soldiers were hearing about this from other parts of the land. And they started to come out and attack the Philistines. Right. So it kind of reminds me of the movie uh, The Field of Dreams one of the lines is, "If you build it, they will come." And so Jonathan went in. He started building uh, uh, the momentum of the attack against the Philistines. And then the, the 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 other troops heard about it, and they start coming and joining the party, if you will. And they defeated them. And um, but they didn't wipe them all out. And so <clears throat> Saul made a uh, an oath because of this. He said, "The man who eats food before evening, before I have taken vengeance on my enemies, is cursed." So none of the troops tasted any food. And so Saul made this oath and said, we're going to fast. We're not going to eat until until all of my enemies are taken care of. But Jonathan did not hear this. And so Jonathan came across a beehive, I guess, with some honey. And he, he ate some honey and it renewed his strength. But he violated Saul's oath, even though he didn't know about it. And so then <clears throat> uh, we see that as they're pursuing, as uh, Saul is pers- uh, pursuing his enemies, uh Uh, They're going to inquire on uh, on the Lord with regard to what to do. But as they inquire to the Lord, he's not responding. And so they don't understand why the Lord is not responding uh, to his his calls. And so uh, it's determined that somebody has sinned. That's why the Lord isn't responding. And so they go through a whittling down process to find out who, who the sinner was. And it turns out to be Jonathan. And so they find out that Jonathan was the one who sinned. And in verse 43, Saul commanded him, tell me what you did. You know, Jonathan, you're the one who sinned. You're the reason the Lord isn't answering. What did you do? Jonathan told him, I I tasted a little honey with the end of the staff I was carrying. I am ready to die. So Jonathan said, it was me because I ate. I didn't even know I didn't know I wasn't supposed to eat. I did eat, but I'm ready for my punishment. In verse 44, Saul declared to him, may God punish me and do so severely if you do not die, Jonathan. And so his, this is his father saying, look, okay, you violated, you, you have to die. And Jonathan's ready. But then the people step in and say, wait a minute, Jonathan, he's done all this stuff. He's the reason we've been having these victories. What's up with that, Saul? You know, you can't do this. And so he backs down and, and, and Jonathan doesn't die. And we see that this is a pattern of Saul, right? He makes these rash vows and oaths and commitments, and then he doesn't follow through. And so, um, and, and and even though this was a good, good case because he didn't kill Jonathan, still the bottom line is he made a, a vow and he didn't follow through on him. And so, and it goes on. Uh, if if we were to sum up to what Saul was about in verse forty-seven, it says when Saul summoned, when Saul assumed the kingship over Israel, he fought against all his enemies in every direction. So Saul was always in a battle. And it says uh, wherever he turned, he caused havoc. He fought bravely and defeated the Amalekites and rescued Israel from those who plundered them. And so, Saul, from a military standpoint, had a successful tenure as king, but he had a lot of flaws, as we see. And so, let's go on to chapter 15. And then it says in verse 1 Samuel told Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people, Israel. Now, listen to the words of the Lord. This is what the Lord of our army says. I witnessed what the Amalekites did to the Israelites when they opposed them along the way when they were coming out of Egypt. So we're going back in time. The Lord is talking about when he brought the people out of Egypt and how the Amalekites opposed them. Now go and attack the Amalekites and destroy and completely destroy everything they have. Do not spare them. Kill men and women, infants and nursing babies. Wow. Oxen and sheep, camels and donkeys. In other words, kill everything. And so, again, remember, we're in context. We're in the Old Testament. This is not New Testament stuff with the Lord. And so, but he's commanding them to kill everything. And it says in verse 7, Saul struck down the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, uh, which is next to Egypt. He captured King Agag uh, of Amalek alive. But he completely destroyed all the rest of the people with the sword. Saul and his troops spared a god, and the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and choice animals, as well as the young rams and best of everything else, they were not willing to destroy. So they didn't kill and destroy everything as they were instructed. And so they kept the best stuff for themselves. Now, why did they do this? You know, and so uh the the Lord finds out about this and he's very distraught, and he tells he tells Samuel, you know, I am I regret that I made Saul king, you know. And so Samuel cries out to the Lord all night because of Saul's disobedience. And then in verse thirteen it says, "When Samuel came to Saul, uh, he said, May the Lord.'" When Samuel came to Saul, Saul said to Samuel, "May the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions." And Samuel replied, "Then what is this sound of sheep, goats, and cattle I hear?" <clears throat> Saul answered, "The troops brought them back from the uh, brought them back from the Amalekites." and spared the best sheep, goats, and cattle in order to offer a sacrifice to the Lord your God, but the rest we killed. You know, So he's telling uh, Samuel, look, we kept this stuff because the Lord your God, we're, we're going to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. And uh, in verse 16, uh, Samuel says, stop, let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Samuel continued, although you once considered yourself unimportant, Saul, you once considered yourself un- unimportant, Have you not become the leader of the tribes of Israel? In other words, Samuel is telling them, you know, you once thought nothing of yourself, but now I think you're getting a bigger head because because you're uh, the king. The Lord appointed you king over Israel and sent you on a mission and said, go and completely destroy the sinful Amalekites, fight against them until you have annihilated them. So why didn't you obey the Lord? Why did you rush the plunder? Why did you rush on the plunder and do what was evil uh, in the Lord's sight? And then Saul said... But I did obey the Lord, Saul so answered. I went on a mission the Lord gave me, brought back King of God of the uh of Amalek, and completely destroyed the Amalekites. So he says, the, the troops took the sheep and whatnot, so we can make a sacrifice. And then in in uh, Samuel answered, Does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Look, to obey is better to sacrifice, to pay attention is better. Uh, than the fat of rams for uh, rebellion is like the sin of divination and defiance is like wickedness and idolatry. Wow. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. In verse 24, Saul answered, Samuel, I have sinned. I have transgressed the Lord's command and your words because I was afraid of the people and obeyed them. So now Saul is confessing, look, it wasn't because we wanted to make sacrifices to the Lord. It's because I was afraid to tell the people they couldn't take the best of the livestock. That's the real reason. And so in verse 28 Samuel said to them, The Lord has torn the kingship of Israel away from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you. Furthermore, the Eternal One of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man who changes his mind. And so you can't do anything to change this. This is the way it is, Saul. In verse 32, Samuel said, Bring me King Agag of Amalek. And so they brought the king out, and Samuel told him, as your sword has made women chalice, so your mother will be chalice among women. Then he hacked a gag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. So Samuel, the, the priest, kills the king, you know, and <laughs> that's interesting. And so we go to verse 35 and it says, uh, or 34, Samuel went to Ram- to Ramah Ram- and Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. And verse 35 even to the day of his death Samuel never saw Saul again Samuel mourned for Saul and the Lord regretted he had made Saul king over Israel so we see that um, you know Saul had had many attributes but he had some some hiccups that just got in his way of fully fulfilling what the Lord had intended for him and with that we will hit chapter 16 tomorrow bye-bye